Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation. About the mundane. I don't know how mundane today's topic will be. I certainly find it fascinating. And for those of you who feel that sometimes our episodes are too fascinating to lull you into slumber, maybe it'll just let you relax. So hopefully that is the case. I'm going to mention that today's episode has a bit of a trigger warning. So I want to give everyone the heads up on that because we will be dipping into talking about the pandemic that that most of us are facing right now with our guests. And we're going to be very conscious and cognizant of it so that we don't delve too much into it. But I wanted to bring that to your attention in case you're like, I don't want to listen to this. I'll listen to one of the past episodes. I totally understand. And I'm with you. Uh, But because this guest is so fascinating, a friend, and I'm eager to speak to, this episode will um, sometimes dip into that. Um, I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me is a friend and a fellow podcaster who's new to the podcasting world. I want to introduce and welcome River Rose to the podcast. River Rose, thank you. Thank you, Marco. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of the Insomnia Project, actually. Thank you. And I am a big fan of your podcast called Tarot for a Troubled Time. And uh, listeners, you can find that link on our show notes. Uh, But it's a fascinating and wonderful podcast that deals with tarot cards. And that will be our focus on today's episode. So River Rose, I'm fascinated with your podcast. Tell our listeners about it. I would be happy to. Uh, Tarot for a Troubled Time combines uh, a couple of interests and uses of the tarot that I have, which is to look at the cards, do some readings, and use the cards to guide me and us, our community, through this this troubled time that we're in. Okay. been using tarot cards for for a few years to kind of problem solve and to think creatively when I'm stuck or when uh, even like as writing prompts right and and so I find that there's a it's a nice sort of um, there's a nice companionship between just dealing with challenging times and looking at the tarot cards to do that, to get out of your head and to think about your challenges and your crises in different ways. So I put all of that together and I decided to uh, offer it up 
to others in this podcast. And for any of our listeners who might not be familiar with what tarot um, is or tarot cards are, can you give us a sort of brief definition or explanation on them? Sure. Well, in the modern world, tarot cards seem to have started about 500 years ago in Italy, actually, which is the country I was born in. And, and, and it's, I know it's the country of your heritage as well, Marco. Yes. Um, and, you know, there, and, and then kind of went throughout Europe. And these cards were used for playing games, as indeed, you know, playing cards that, that we use in, in many countries um, are used. So but a then, regular deck of cards like exactly, you would play yeah. hearts or euchre with, let's say. Yes. And in fact, the older cards and even even tarot cards as we know them today do have suits the way playing cards that you and I know about have. Sure. Um, but then there were evolutions over time and there were different decks. And then actually in the 19th century, in the English speaking world, mainly, there kind of became, there was this deck that became sort of the dominant deck, which is still the dominant deck in, uh, in many English speaking countries around the world, which was the Ryder Waite Smith deck, uh, which was uh, conceived by A.E. Waite and, and uh, drawn by Pamela Coleman Smith. The illustrations were by Pamela Coleman Smith. And that has continued to be very popular over time. And, and, and today there's been a proliferation of, I can't even tell you, hundreds or possibly even thousands of decks. But many uh, tarot decks are still based on the Rider Waite Smith deck. And either, you know, there's a spin, there's a different spin on, on the artwork or some other element. Um, but that, you know, and, and, as far as using tarot cards for a purpose that is not playing a game, you know, tarot cards have been used uh, for divination uh, to, frank, to, basically to, to foresee the future. Uh, now, I don't, I don't myself see the cards as a way to actually foretell right. the future. But there is, and I actually cover this in uh, in one of my episodes, in my first full episode, episode two, you know, there is a way in which you can think about, you know, how the future comes to be that does very much involve our role, how we decide things, how we think about things. Uh, and so in that sense, if we bring two tarot cards into a reading of tarot cards, questions that are not, you know, when will I get a better job or, you know, sure. when will I find my spouse or things like that. But if we bring to the cards a question like, you know, what can I do to make this come about? Things like that and not yes or no questions, but things that where where we ourselves really are at the center of mm -hmm. the question, then thinking about what the tarot cards are showing you that way can, you know, in a cosmic sense, sort of trigger uh, thoughts and emotions and ultimately actions that maybe can bring about the future that you actually are wondering about. So if I understand this, or the way I understand tarot, is that it's up to the person 
what you want to get from the tarot. So for you, it could be just a fun thing to do. For others, it could be a telling sort of um, guidance. For others, it could they could seek answers from the uh, tarot. For others, it might just be a way to look at things from a different perspective. So one can put their own sort of weight in this and or lightness in this. It's, a, it's totally up to the person rather than um, the cards themselves, let's say. Yeah, and you know, in a way, people who read tarot cards like me, like if I do a reading for you, you know, mm-hmm. it really is kind of you and I together who are interpreting the cards and I'm kind of like the guide and sure. the cards are showing you possibilities. And then it really is up to you and with me guiding you to examine what those possibilities might be. Are you finding the cards helpful during this troubled time? No pun intended on your podcast called Tarot for a Troubled Time. But have you find them useful uh, during, say, not necessarily this time, but even stressful times in your life turning to these cards? I do find it. I do find it. Uh, I do find it um helpful. I do find that thinking about these, they're, they're, you know, the cards, there are 78 cards and the cards themselves uh, portray, you know, all different kinds of situations that human beings deal with. And so to think, to see the images um, and then to think about your own sort of human condition and your own human situation it really is helpful. And I think it's, it, you know, it is for, for my brain, it is something very creative. Like it, it, it brings me to different places. It allows me to see myself and in a more connected way to something bigger. You know, a lot of the cards portray archetypes, you know, sure. some of the major arcana, there's justice, for example, or some of the minor arcana will portray hardship in very hard ways or inequality, you know, things like that. And so when you're dealing with a pandemic and, you know, I, you live in Canada, but I live in the United States. You oh, know, I should mention like, that, that yeah. you're, you're, if you hear sounds in the background, I heard like a motorcycle, those are sounds from Brooklyn coming to you on this podcast because River Rose is actually in Brooklyn, Brooklyn while I'm in Toronto. You put all of that together. I'm actually kind of going off track, track a little bit, but so oh, it's okay. that, that really is a, it's a troubled time. And, and um, you know, seeing sort of these human situations in the cards, you know, in very radically different contexts, there is something that I find very positive uh, that happens when I, when I look at the cards and I think of things that, that, uh, that I'm dealing with, but it's really, it, you know, that we are all, as a community and as a nation and as a world dealing with right now. Well, I will say that I listened to your podcast and I found it very helpful during this troubled time. And it sort of got my mind thinking at it from a different perspective, but I'd like to focus on the cards themselves. So I want to dive in to the world of the cards, the art on the cards, the decks that you, you use, but let me start with this. You had mentioned, minor arcana and major arcana. Can you explain that? What that means to to people like me who aren't that familiar with tarot? Sure. So, 
you know, the, the tarot, I, I use the word journey in, in the podcast, like the, the, the podcast is a journey, but actually there, there are journeys, uh, very systematic journeys uh, that happen in the tarot that actually structure the cards. Uh, the major arcana, there are 22 major arcana. And, and by the way, all of the cards are, are, are the majority of the cards are numbered um, in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck and in many decks uh, like it. Um, there are 22 major arcana. Uh, they go from zero to 21. And they basically, in, in a way, catalog the human journey. I see. Because you have... You know, the, the, the first card in the deck is the Fool, uh, card number zero. Uh, and the Fool is basically a blank slate. The Fool is a person who is pictured as, you know, you know with the old-timey, you know, the little handkerchief, sure. tied-up handkerchief with, uh, on a stick, uh, you know, with all the possessions inside that handkerchief and with with uh, a white flower in their hand and they're and they're they're just traipsing along and uh, they're at the edge of the cliff and they're about to jump they're about to walk off the cliff and the sun is shining and everything is happy and there's a dog prancing about and basically even though this is happening the fool is completely trusting the universe and is just going to keep going even though there there's a cliff there and right. so it really is like a blank slate optimism, starting out, nothing can bring me down. And I trust that whatever happens to me, uh, you know, something good will come out of it. I will be okay. I will make it okay. So it's kind of, you know, like a, like a baby, right? Sure. The, that's the beginning of the, of our human journey. Uh, the fool, uh, just like very clean, very optimistic, no reason to worry, no reason to be afraid. And somewhat wild, like, say, the Joker in the traditional 52 uh, playing card deck, would you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that they're, uh, you know, I, I think that that's not a coincidence that you I make see. that very intelligent connection. Uh, because it's true. The Fool is a card, or the, the Joker uh, is a card in the deck and it is, you know, and, and, and also appears here as the Fool. That's, that's an excellent point. And then, you know, and then um, you just keep moving along all the way to the 22nd card, which is number 21, which is the world. And I the see. world is about sort of utter, if you think about it as like utter, utter transcendence. Um, everything is available to you. You know, the world is your oyster and the world is this usually is shown as this being, you know, kind of up in the sky. And I invite everybody to go look at the card and different uh, and different decks as well, because there are all kinds of interesting sort of celestial celestial uh, uh, manifestations of this kind of everything is at my disposal. All of the elements are at my beck and call. I have more than everything that I could possibly need and so and so and then the minor arcana even though they're very different uh you know there are four suits like there are in playing cards that you might be familiar with sure. and uh, they also kind of portray journeys where you have cards one to ten of the four suits uh cups swords 
uh, wands and pentacles. And then you also have, actually like you do in playing cards again, you also have uh, figures uh, who are the page and uh, the knight and the queen and the king. And those exist for all four. And those, again, if you look at the meanings of each four in each deck, those, again, kind of show a journey, a progression. I see, I see. Now, what strikes me about these cards is the beautiful artwork that one can see on them. Um, is there a deck that speaks to you more than others? Because my understanding is that there's like hundreds of hundreds of different kinds of decks you could get um, that are tarot cards. Yes. So, the well, the deck that I'm using for the podcast is the Modern Spellcasters Tarot. I like this deck. It, uh, the artwork conceptually is, uh, is, is, is rather similar and is based on the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. But the reason I chose that, and there are many newer decks that actually also have this, it's much more inclusive. So like in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, everyone is white. You know, all the couples are one man, one woman. I see. Um, you know, and so, you know, very traditional view of who who makes up a family and, you know, who are lovers. You know, the lovers is actually one of the cards. And and in the modern Spellcasters Tarot, we actually don't have that. We actually have, you know, uh, people with different skin colors, clearly from different cultures and actually and also different depictions of uh, gender and sexual orientation and oh, even wonderful. family. Yeah. And so that's. That's a deck uh, that I like. But there are so many interesting uh, decks to look at. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, there's the Witch's Tarot, the Modern Witch Tarot. And, you know, there are actually even uh, very famous artists who've made decks. Uh, I'll tell you one deck that I actually haven't looked at closely just because I, I haven't yet. But, like, for example, Salvador Dali, the artist Salvador Dali made a tarot deck. Oh, really? You know, so they're just... If you're interested in art, just purely interested in art, visual art or graphic art, tarot cards really are interesting to look at even for that reason. Oh, wow. Um, I'm looking at Dolly's deck right now and they're quite fascinating, I have to say. Yeah. So River Rose, now that I have a deck on my computer screen, I'm looking at these fascinating tarot cards and can I just randomly pick a card and you tell me about it or your impressions of that card or whether or not it's one of your favorite or least favorite? Sure, I would love to do that. All right, so looking at the major arcana cards, when you talked about the Fool, I'd like to talk about Temperance. Okay. And what's uh, your card of Temperance? Because while you're looking at the card, I'm going to explain what's on my card, if that's all right with you. Yeah, do you want to, would you like to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I'll do that while you're while you're getting your temperance card out or whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. So on my temperance card, it looks like an angel and the angel has a trumpet. I don't know what those trumpets are called. I'm sure they have a biblical name, but a trumpet. And I believe there's a volcano erupting in the background and sheaths of wheat. And it looks like the angel is dipping its toe into water. That's what I see as my temperance. Yeah, so... Yes, and uh, in the modern Spellcasters Tarot, it's actually very different. I believe in in uh, the writer Wade Smith, the the angel is um, facing us, right? In the writer Wade Smith, uh, 
the angel is not. The angel is kind of looking off to the right. Um, and the way, like, it's not a traditional angel, but clearly there's something going on. Um, he or she, I'll say they maybe, is sure. wearing a hat, and which actually has, has wings. And, and also, they also have uh, uh, wings uh, at, at their feet, like these really interesting sandals that are pretty much bare and wings at their feet as well. A couple of things which I think you're probably seeing too on your card. So one, one it, it's important to note that one foot is actually dipped on the ground, and, and one foot is actually on the ground and one foot is dipped in water. Okay. And, the, and uh, the character is also uh, holding two cups or two chalices or two jugs and pouring water from one to the other. I see. Okay. And is there a significance for that? So water is one of the elements of the tarot, and it also is the element that's associated with cups. Um, and cups signify, and water signifies emotions, imagination, sort of that realm, kind of the right brain realm, which is also why there's one uh, foot in the water. This angel has one foot in the water. So there's this kind of balance between being grounded and maybe you know, just foot on the ground and one foot kind of in the emotional, oh. softer realm, right? And there it, temperance represents kind of tranquility, moderation, harmony, healing, uh, balance. Uh, and, and that's what kind of balancing this water between these two different vessels represents, kind of like really having a balanced point of view one or the other and there is this kind of because this is a mat obviously a magical being um there is kind of uh like a working of energy or a reworking of energy to kind of create something special and there is actually also an element you know as you can kind of think about you know with this liquid going back and forth back and forth of, yes. ex, of like a, a calm experiment, Ooh. right? You look at, you're, you're trying something, you're trying to work out something, you're not sure what to do, but it's okay. You can figure it out. You can do it with balance. If that doesn't work, you can try something else and use, again, with one foot on the ground, one foot in the water, use your left brain and your right brain, use your intellect and your imagination. And, you know, you can do this you can face this challenge you can solve this problem whatever it might be that um the reading is about in a very calm way and then move on to something else cool all right i'm gonna pick one more card from the major arcana that kind of sort of not speaks to me but i find interesting and it this i find more interesting from the name than the actual design on the card but it's the Hierophant. I hope I said that right. Or the Hierophant? Yeah, I've actually I've actually heard it pronounced both ways. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll describe my card while you're fetching yours, if that's mm -hmm. okay, River Rose. Sure. So I have a robed individual who has quite an ornate crown on their head or um, like a bishop's or pope's um, sort of pointy hat type thing with a scepter that looks like a television screen or a television antenna in one hand. Um, at this hero fan's feet are a pair of keys 
and two people whose backs are towards me, both of which have a rather large balding spot. And the Hierophant is flanked with two columns. Right. So it is, this is a pretty typical uh, depiction of the Hierophant. And the Hierophant is a pope. Oh, so you're right about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And kind of represents that like very structured, very even like paternalistic, I would say, belief system, like established institution, you know, uh, purveyor of the law kind of a person. And, uh, you know, the two figures in the Rider-Waite-Smith are kind of like, you know, like at the Vatican, for example, there are the guards there. Yeah, kind of that Swiss kind of thing, guards, but like, right? but they're they're definitely yeah, and they are. Oh, there's actually an issue right that right now with the guards there and uh, the coronavirus. I heard, I thought I heard something about that, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and the two and the two kind of like servants at their feet, you know, uh, in in um, in uh, in the modern spellcasters tarot, it, it's very similar. You know, the figure is very similar, but you cannot see the face. There's like this, uh, there's like this uh, rectangle sort of over the face of the hierophant, and um, you know some of the symbology is actually more like it's older than uh, kind of the Roman popish symbology that we're used to. There's like the the eye, kind of a, and a pyramid, an Egyptian-looking eye, um, and also kind of it's 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 more harsh. Like the two figures are actually bowing down. To the hierophant, and they actually look like slaves. In oh, fact. okay. And the uh, and uh, the hierophant, <laughs> rather than holding a staff, is holding, uh, uh, I think, probably a Bible, like a, a book with a cross on it, and and also a whip. So the hierophant is, uh, you know, the, taking it to the next level in this deck. Oh wow! Um, but the hierophant really does kind of. Uh, Again, it depends on the reading, but like really learned teacher uh, who uh, maybe does not allow questioning because it is the Pope who is infallible. And, uh, you know, and so it's kind of uh, for many people who sort of question authority like me, uh, frankly, it is it it's a bit of an ambivalent card. And, you know, it is it is good. Institutions are important. Sure. Uh, and, and the Hierophant reminds us of that. But I think it is important also to question, uh, you know, the beliefs that they're based on and to make sure that the leaders and the institution it's, uh, itself still does serve the people that it exists for. So, um, River Rose, if I may, just want to let our listeners know that um, I was going through a nervous period. I was um, going towards um, a project and I was having some apprehension about it. And I spoke to River Rose about it and she said, let me draw a card for you. And you drew what is now my favorite card, which is the King of Wands. And I know that's a minor arcana card, but uh, one of the things that I see on this card is clearly there's a king. The king is holding a staff that's made from a switch or a branch of a tree that seems to have growth on it. Behind this king or this member of of royalty um, is a lion. And at the king's feet is, I want to say a salamander or a lizard. I'm going to say salamander. Yeah, I think it is a salamander. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, the, the king of wands 
in the modern spellcasters tarot is very similar, except you know the the the, the deck is very much more linked to nature. Okay. Uh, the 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 a lot of the a lot of the they're called court cards, right? The king and the queen and the the page and the queen actually sure, are out in sense. nature, yeah. even and they and even in this deck you see like the king is on a throne, but clearly outside. Um, in uh, in uh, the modern spellcasters tarot, the throne is actually made out of uh, the trunk of a tree, and um, and uh, you know the the king is clearly in the forest. Uh, the wands uh, are the suit of fire, and uh, and fire represents energy in most decks. Um, and uh, the king of wands kind of like is at the end of the journey of the wands, so kind of represents uh, authenticity, energy, charisma, like whoever you might uh, picture as being a very charismatic, uh, positive leader who's really... Uh, exudes energy and uh, is really able to bring about positive uh, change. And the wands actually, I mean, like represent sort of every kind of energy. So you could, depending on what you're thinking about or what the reading is, you know, it also, they also represent, for example, sexual energy and sexual potency. And also there is this element of danger, right? So when you think of fire, you know, fire does feed us, fire does keep us warm, but fire can also destroy us. So there is this kind of like hyper energetic uh, vibe to the king. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Well, listen, River Rose, I'm very grateful. Before we end this podcast episode, would you mind drawing a card for our listeners who might be trying to find their way to sleep? and give them some sort of inspirational or uh, message about how they can find their way to it um, or any sort of message with regards to sleep. Sure. And I'm actually going to use, I have both of these decks we've been talking about with me, but I'm going to use the traditional, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, which is the one you've been looking at, I think. Okay, that way I can look at the card that you draw. And I will mention to my listeners that we are going to have a longer conversation with River Rose, but that will be um, on the Patreon uh, page. So if you want to listen, um, please join our Patreon page. But we will be ending the regular um, podcast episode here with this little reading from River Rose. And just so you know, I'm not, you know, there are no tricks here. I really did, as I always do. I shuffle the deck as I always do. And I'm just going to draw the card as I always do for all of you listening right now. Great. Okay. So actually, it's interestingly, I have drawn, this is one of my favorite cards. Uh, It is reversed, which we haven't talked about, but I have drawn the Ten of Cups. Oh, and it's one of your favorite cards. And I understand uh, the Insomnia Project is one of your favorite um, podcasts. So that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, I actually have the Ten of Cups framed in my room. Yeah. It did come out reversed. So, you know, there's usually that represents some kind of uh, resistance to whatever the card is telling you. But anyway, so the Ten of Cups uh, shows a happy family. They are not lacking anything. They are not facing us. There are two parents uh, and two children. The parents have their back to us, and they're looking on to this perfect town with a perfect rainbow in the sky. And uh, they have each one of them has a hand in the air. They cannot be happier. 
the two children are dancing around together in a circle. Maybe they're doing um, like a ring around the rosy type of game. There could not be anything else that's needed in this picture. Uh, the Ten of Cups represents total happiness to the point of transcendence. It's sometimes called the happily ever after card. Um, I actually sometimes give this card as a gift to families uh, who are my friends to say, you know, may you have like continued blessings and happy home and shared love and peace. And so I did say revert, the, the card came out reversed. It was upside down. So what I will say to everyone who's listening is, you know, these things are uh, at there, they, they are available to you if you feel like there's something that is uh, preventing you from feeling the um, kind of love and transcendence in your home right now and in your family, then really think about what that might be and, uh, and deal with it. Deal with it. Uh, what can you do? Uh, feel those feelings. It's very important to feel those feelings. And then uh, just think about what you can do because uh, peace is available to you if you look for it. Oh, that's wonderful. What a wonderful way to end this episode. Like the parents in the card, Ten of uh, Cups, I'm so happy to have had you as a guest on our podcast, River Rose. It's really been a pleasure, Marco. I really appreciate it. Uh, And uh, yeah, just uh, keep looking for creative solutions to to your challenges, everybody. Thank you. You can uh, listen to River Rose on her podcast, Tarot for a Troubled Time. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you'll find that one. And until next time, I hope you have a great day, a happy day. You work your way through any troubles you may have so that you can be content as well. And thank you for listening to The Insomnia Project.